Welcome to Church at Home. My name is Brock. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm so glad you've joined us. Welcome. It's my delight to be here with you today, and I've got a few quick announcements as we get going. Uh, I've been missing an action for several weeks now. I don't know if you remember back in the spring, we were doing 10-person services, and I was just up the road at the camp doing services for the youth uh, this spring and this summer. And then I've had the pleasure of going to several camp ministries and being a part of what was going on there at the last one, finished up last week at Collide. It's the spring, quote-unquote, youth event for Silver Lake, the Wesleyan camp, just up the road. And it was a lovely time. We had 252 youth come. It was huge and packed and COVID safe. So it was a great time in the Lord. It was wonderful. Uh, as it stands, this conversation, though, it's a little one-sided. So you found us, and we can't hear from you unless you talk to us. And we'd love to hear how you're doing to be able to be part of your journey. So tell us uh, what's going on with you, how you're doing, what's on your mind, what's God speaking to you. Please reach out to us. We would love to walk through life with you. I've got a couple exciting announcements. Uh, young adult service or youth service is back on on Thursday nights. So it's 7 p.m. just in the sanctuary. It's just there. Uh, and we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to discuss the podcast. Uh, it's called Discover Life. It's on Anchor, uh, a podcast hosting website. So you can search pretty much all of the hosting platforms. Apple is misbehaving at the moment with us, uh, but it's pretty much everywhere. Search Discover Life RWC, and you can hear the weekly podcast that we'll discuss after worship. Please note, Pastor Bert is away for the next couple weeks, so... Uh, He's taken some time to rest after a few meetings this week. And uh, yeah, pray for him. Pray for rest as he reconnects with his family. Uh, a fall event, Trunk or Treat. I don't know if you've ever been part of one, but it's going to be a great time. We're going to have great, safe fun, socially distanced in the parking lot. So Trunk or Treat, it's an event uh, that we host on October 23rd, 23rd, October 31st. Uh, it's Halloween, and many consider this to be a day claimed by darkness, but we don't believe that. We believe that our God is bigger and better and brighter than any kind of darkness. So we're going to gather. We're going to have a great time in the parking lot. If you want to come, you can decorate a trunk. You can dress up. We're going to hand out candy to our community and to our neighborhood uh, as they come to the parking lot. And they can kind of hit up a whole instant pop-up neighborhood as they walk down the parking lot and they can get candy from you and candy from you and candy from you and it's going to be a great time. So if you're interested in this trunk or treat thing, Google it. You'll see a lot of great ideas there, trunk or treat. And uh, please note we can only have pre-packaged candies uh, for safety and the appearance of safety with germs and COVID and all that stuff. Uh, helps with allergies. So anyway, if you're interested, you can get more information or sign up by emailing admin at roblinwesleyan.com. Uh, so let's be a light of true joy on October 31st here in the church parking lot, 5 to 7 p.m. at Roblin Wesleyan Church. You can email admin at roblinwesleyan.com to sign up. Also, today we're going to be celebrating communion. So if you haven't prepared anything yet, uh, I encourage you to pause the video, grab a beverage and a morsel to eat, and we'll all remember together at the close of service. So pause the video, go grab something. All right, welcome back. One thing to note, uh, in the past, Communion Sunday, when we were in person, 
uh, loose change from the offering was given to World Hope Canada. It's a wonderful practice. They do awesome things. Uh, but it doesn't translate super well to the digital world for the change you put in the offering plate because, you know, we don't get to pass the plate through the screen. So if you would like to give to World Hope Canada or any other specific ministry, uh, you can note that in the memo notes section of your e-transfer or write it on your envelope if you wanted to drop it off here at the church. Um, another announcement, keep an eye out for the Christmas choir sign-up. We have a, a special new way of doing things this year. Uh, Pastor Bert has chosen a wonderful presentation, a medley for us this winter, and we have some creative presentation ideas. More information will be given next week in the weekly email. Uh, speaking of weekly emails, if you're not receiving our weekly email, you can email that same address as trunk or treat admin at roblinwesleyan.com and you can be included in our weekly communication. It's a great, great communication. Pastor Root puts a pretty funny joke at the bottom of everyone, so it's kind of an Easter egg there. Uh, but we have some information regarding COVID regulations. Uh, Psalm, Psalm, Romans 14, uh, Paul was talking about things regarding meat sacrifices, a very divisive issue of its day. Uh, Paul encourages the church to pursue peace and the mutual upbuilding. Uh, he also said that everything is acceptable to consume, but don't do anything that would make your brother stumble and keep your opinion on these matters between yourself and God. I trust that God will, or if you trust that God will protect you through medicine that's available to us, bless you. And if you trust that God, in spite of uncertainty regarding these days and sanctions, uh, that he'll protect you. God bless you. But uh, I remind you again, Romans 14, 23, whatever doesn't proceed from faith is sin. So please, I encourage you to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Follow him. He wants to lead you in the truth. And in verse 22 again, uh, it says, whatever you believe about these things, keep it between yourself and God. And then in 19, he said, let us pursue what makes for peace and the mutual upbuilding. Let's not tear each other down about these things that overall aren't the main thing. Let's focus on God. Let's build each other up. Let's be the unified church. God has good things in store for us. So we're so glad you're here with us. Contact the office if you want to receive our weekly email, admin at robinwesleyan.com. Our services are online each week on Facebook and YouTube. They're on all the podcasting platforms. If you want to search for Roblin Wesleyan Church, you can hear the sermon there as well. And we have a meeting every Sunday in person here at 3100 County Road 41 in Roblin. What's God saying to you today? Uh, he wants to speak to you. Uh, let's open our hearts and let's listen. I have a question for us as we get started. What's the point? Uh, what's the point here today? I was playing an open world game with some friends last night, a kind of sandbox. It's uh, anyone can operate independent of each other. It was fun and uh, potentially confusing. One of them saw the point of the game is to have fun. That if he was laughing, that was great. And if he could make us laugh, that was a win. Uh, he was pleased when we smiled at his jokes and antics. Another guy he was kind of new at our game, and he was using it as an excuse to hang out with the guys. Uh, another was using it as a means of exploring humanity and motives. I was playing to win. I'm pretty competitive. I wanted to survive. I wanted to beat the bad guys, to find the treasure, to beat the level. Uh, and our differing goals made our ragtag group quite interesting. 
Uh, but it was funny. We had a good time. Our motives were explored and we won. So that was, that was great. Our goals were accomplished and because we cooperated, but I think the only reason we could cooperate because, or it wasn't because we knew what the other guy wanted. And that's nice, but I don't think it was necessary. It was because we all knew what we wanted and we worked towards that. We chased that down while relating to one another. But that's just a silly game, right? Life, life is much more important. What's, what's the point of life? What do you think? The answer to that question ought to be the foundation of our life. Uh, integrity is when we are consistent in our beliefs, our words, and our actions. Uh, and that's, that's the key. That's the goal. So we must answer this question. Uh, it's not urgent. It's not a ticking time bomb. Uh, but it's crucially important. Without answering this question, we are hollow inside. We are empty. We must answer this question. What is it for? What if we lived our life pursuing very nice napkins when we figured out at the end that it was really about the food? Or what if we spent all of our time being nice when it really turned out to being about getting all the good stuff? Or is it about enjoyment or the avoidance of pain, the accumulation of experiences? What is life about? Well, I'm convinced the purpose of life is to experience God and do what he says. Jesus said in John 17, 3, And this is eternal life, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ who he has sent. And that, that's the point. We who live for this are called Christians. And that means little Christs, uh, small copies of him. He called us disciples, uh, a kind of student of sorts. Now, I've been hung up on something and you know when you come across that idea and it, it sticks in your mind, it won't let go. It meets you in the morning and keeps you company on your commute. It's there when you wake up in the night. And I, I just couldn't get past this question for a long time. This unanswered thing. Pastor Burt mentioned it last week uh, that he's been exploring the early church and how that affects us. He's been teaching about that. And I think, and I was thinking on the launching point. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we call this the Great Commission, uh, the command, the sending, the marching orders for us all. And it reads like this. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know if you caught where I'm hung up. Uh, it's an amazing passage, lots to consider. Maybe this is new to you, maybe you're over familiar with it. Uh, but to set the stage, Jesus, he was tortured and died for everyone in the world, and through his sacrifice, he could rescue us from our selfishness and our shortcomings, our, our sin. And he comes back to life. He spends a few days with his followers and is about to leave and go to heaven. And these are his parting words along with Acts 1. And it's in verse 20 that has me. I, I'm a teacher. I love to teach. And I've been teaching the way of Jesus for years. I've professionally studied Christianity for eight years. I have two degrees in this. And I can't tell you everything he commanded us. 
what did Jesus command us? I was struck with this a few weeks ago, and I wanted to say Mark 12, you know, the two greatest commandments. Uh, but I felt God check my heart and say, ah, and that there was something I was missing. And as I was considering it, Jesus didn't command the two greatest commandments. He was answering a question from a Jew, a teacher of the law, uh, who knew the Bible inside and out much better than I do. And yet he was talking to Jesus, to God, the author of this book, the author of life, who all life is for. And he didn't seem interested in the person of Jesus. He didn't seem interested in loving God, who was in front of him. He didn't worship him. He didn't thank him. He questioned God about questions he already knew the answer to. They're the greatest commandments of the Old Testament. But I don't think that's what Jesus was referring to when Matthew wrote down his words for us at the end of Matthew's book. I, I'm a little ashamed as a pastor not to know the answer to this central question of our faith, of what does it mean to make a disciple. But then I was excited as a disciple to have this new area of discussion and study about God, with God. And since this question has occurred to me, I've been asking many of my friends on lunch breaks and quiet moments if they knew the answer. If it was just I who missed this week in Sunday school, nope. No one could tell me what Jesus commanded. No one knew how many commandments there were. So I started studying in earnest. And I haven't formulated an exhaustive list yet, but I found some very interesting commands for us to think on. And I think I've become, I think these ideas have become less centralized to the practice of following Jesus. So I encourage you, join, join me in my study. I started in Matthew because it's the first gospel when I'm flipping through my Bible, and I've gotten to chapter 7. Uh, and I'm taking note on my iPad here of every time that Jesus gives a command. What were the key things he really wanted, to, wanted them to get? Now, a point of order. When you're studying your Bible, it's important to know what was said and the setting, uh, and then seek to know how do I fit in with this setting. So their setting, it was a gathering, a bunch of faithful believers. Uh, they were exclusively ethnic Jews, and much of Scripture was memorized by this crowd. And they were culturally faithful and perhaps personally unengaged. That's me reading into it a little bit, but it doesn't seem like the majority of Israel was really interested in Jesus. And they were, they were a dissatisfied people. They were dissatisfied with their government, uh, their leaders who were supposed to be on their side theologically and racially. They didn't represent them well to the perverse government that oversaw them. They were vaguely expectant of a Messiah, of a rescue. But for generations, the people have been saying, the day is near. And they pointed to many signs, accurately and inaccurately. I don't know about you, but it seems that we have much in common with Jesus' audience. So Jesus, uh, commanding, first of all, what right does this man have to command us? Uh, well, he spent three years with these men that he's speaking to in this passage. And he's proven himself knowledgeable in Scripture, uh, that he, meaning he's a wise and moral teacher. He's a good guy to get advice from. He's proven himself powerful with many signs and miracles, which also attested to him being the Messiah and even 
God. He's their savior. He's their rescuer king. That's what a savior is. He was the creator of the world and created them. He's their God in the flesh. So his words have weight. We should listen. They're not the orders of some stranger or of some wise YouTuber. He is allowed to give orders. He is made of greater stuff than we are. He is perfect and he deserves us. He also bought us from slavery, the thing that was destroying us. And he purposes us not to be slaves, but to be his friends. So we ought to listen. So what does he command? Well, what are all of us disciples to obey? Uh, Matthew 4, 17 was, I think, the first commandment I found Jesus make. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So he is given a command and a reason. Uh, repent. Maybe you've heard this word, shouted by angry men on street corners or from a suit behind a pulpit. I ask you to open your mind to its definition and separate it from how you've heard it abused in the past, if you can. Repent, it's a word that means to change your mind, to change your understanding, to change your focus. He says, drop everything that you're doing. A new focus has come. A new country has arrived. A new thing. Do this new thing. This new country has its own culture, its own focus, its own economy and laws. He's calling us to focus on his kingdom, not the one that seems to be so very in front of us. Jesus' cousin warns the religious in Matthew 3.8 to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That's, that's interesting. Uh, the kingdom is near. The kingdom is near. Repentance is to turn towards it. He is the kingdom, and the kingdom isn't a place. Uh, it's not dirt. It's the, the kingdom is the dominion of a king. It's where his rule, his will comes to pass. So when we turn to God, we look to him, and we follow him as king, we become the kingdom. Now that, that's an exciting idea. We have expanded the rule of God through our obedience because he's not yet forceful. A day will come when he'll arrive ready for battle to all who oppose him. But he's patient, gently calling us. So we know the fruit of the Spirit that John is referencing here, that we bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It's Galatians 5.22. Maybe you know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I've said it many times. Uh, trees don't grunt when they bear fruit. And you can't nail fruit to a tree. I can choose to act peacefully in a moment. I can choose to be patient. I could put on joy for a moment, uh, but it doesn't seem to stick. Have you, have you experienced this? That we, we can try to be good, but it, it can't seem to last. Eventually, I'll choose self. Eventually, I'll choose anger. And it, it doesn't seem like much of a choice in the moment. I'll get tired or distracted. But fruitfulness isn't from effort. John teaches us here. He tells us that we bear fruit not through effort, not through focusing on joy or happy thoughts or putting out good vibes into the universe. He says we bear fruit, all the good things that we all enjoy in others, by keeping in repentance, by turning to God, by changing our mind, our focus. So we head towards the kingdom. We turn to the king as often as you can. 
he's our beloved that we long to see. And maybe he sends you out, so then bring him with you. Be his ambassador, who's not waiting for long and slow mail deliveries and messages from him. But be an ambassador who has the king on the phone, who can speak for him. Be a son or a daughter who can act on behalf of their father, to be his hands to the needs around us, who know his heart and what he wants to do, that you could act on his behalf. So keep repenting, keep changing your mind to be like his, keep changing your focus. Uh, it's a continual process. Kerry Newhoff, he's this uh, pastor and leader. Uh, he has a really good podcast if you want some good stuff to listen to. Uh, at the start of all this a couple years ago, he said, flexibility is the new superpower in COVID. And he's right. By tapping into this broader truth, flexibility, adjustability is holiness. Uh, this world is changing, but God isn't. God is infinite. So it may look different now how we interact with him. But it's just because we're experiencing a new aspect of God. God hasn't changed. But there's more, and it might seem new because we haven't been there yet and different. But it, it isn't change. We just haven't experienced all of God yet. And that's the, the joy, is that in heaven, we will be with the infinite God forever, continually experiencing the new ancient good. The best is yet to come. The old days, they were great. I remember some pretty great times in my history, in our history. Maybe you can think of some. And there were some tough days too, some hard days. But man, there were some good days in there. But the best, the best is yet to come. And I also know there are some very hard days ahead. All right, just read Matthew 24. Jesus warns us of the end times that they're going to be hard. People will be carrying on in life in the midst of these hard times. But the wise and faithful one will be doing good. Even when the world is in chaos, they'll be taking care of their people. So how, how can we do this if we know the world will continually be more and more chaotic and people are going to carry on like nothing has changed and trying to find their own peace? Well, we must continually change our focus. And we'll bear fruit if we do this the food to those around us. When you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, it's a delight to those around you. And we do this by continually adjusting our focus to our destination. So where do you look when you're driving? Uh, more or less ahead, I hope. But scanning the horizon, right? Always looking for issues and enjoying the sights. More attentive at crossroads than empty straight stretches. And uh, another Kind of simple question. How often do you steer in the car? How would you feel if you were the passenger with someone who sought to touch the steering wheel as infrequently as possible? We would be unsettled for sure. And in the same way, repentance is adjustability, is flexibility, constantly heading towards our destination. Uh, and some discernment is needed when you're driving with other people, if you're following them. If they hit the brakes, uh, should I? Awareness is key. Maybe it's a big pothole and I should also slow down so I don't bottom out. Maybe they were hitting the brakes until someone cleared the crosswalk and I don't need to. Some discernment is also needed when we're following directions. They only work specifically if you follow them exactly. Broad directions work generally. Uh, to get to Ottawa from here, head northeast. That's generally true. 
it's not overly helpful unless you have a very good sense of direction. Um, but for spe specific directions to work, we must know specifically where I am and my situation, more than the coordinates, but also the weather, the road conditions, traffic and obstacles, etc. Huh. There, there is a lot to consider here. So direction for our life. It's, it's hard for me to give you specific directions, but generally, if you want to get to heaven, you need to continually turn to God and become supple to follow the curves of the road in front of you. Maybe you're coming to an intersection that somebody else on a similar journey isn't, and you need to make a turn. Uh, but it's good to find people to journey together with. So when you get a flat tire, they can help you. So let's, let's find a way to journey together. If I could give one piece of advice for these strange days, uh, it's to get off the roller coaster. It's a, a term I've made up uh, to describe all of the, the craziness of these changing rules. And it seems like when we're allowed to do more, we get very excited and do as much as we can, and then uh, things escalate and we have to go back down and do less. And then we do more and then we do less. And it gets very discouraging to be controlled up and down in what we're allowed to do. And I think we need to separate ourselves from, from the roller coaster, not to ignore the rules, but to find a way to carry on in life, that all of the sanctions aren't our focus, that we follow the road, but we're not concerned if there's bumps, because that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for the smoothest of pavements. We're not concerned about the weather. We, we take it into account and we drive accordingly. But that is not why we're on the road. That is not why we're on the journey. Get off the roller coaster. Change your focus. So I, I direct you all, repent. Change your mind. Change your focus. Focus on the king. He is near. He is in the room with you right now. And he wants you to seek him. Uh, God promised that we would find him for sure if you seek him with all your heart. What a promise. So seek him while he's near. He's trying to warm your heart that he could call you to him. And as a byproduct of this repentance, he's going to make you fruitful, uh, which is a delight to those around you. If your presence is like a bushel of sweet apples that we're about to go picking, and it's just apples and pears all the time that people are around you, they're going to come. And it's going to feel like they're taking away, but that's okay, because they aren't your source of life and energy. If you're rooted and established in love, if you're seeking God, if he is your focus, I don't think trees mind when someone takes their apples. It might even seem like a bit of a load off if you've seen some trees too heavy laden with delicious fruit. So make him the destination of your days, not this COVID coaster. Hmm. So Jesus, he commanded us to make disciples. Uh, he commanded us to repent, to change our focus. And his cousin reminds us that by keeping in repentance, by continually adjusting our focus to him, every little moment that we try to stay just dialed right in, that we wouldn't tolerate kind of running off the shoulder or crossing the line a little bit, if we really dialed in and focused in on getting there, that we would be fruitful. Uh, God wants to fill your life with fruit. And he, he is the best part of all. And that's something that no sanction or rule can take away. 
And Jesus, he made one other commandment that we're going to explore in a moment and experience together. Uh, it's Communion Sunday, so I hope you have elements prepared. Uh, if you don't, feel free to pause the video. Find uh, something to drink and a morsel to eat, because Jesus commanded us to remember him. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, he took the bread, and when he broke it, he said, do this, eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. It's the new covenant. It's the new way, the new focus. And he said to drink this in remembrance of him. So let's remember our God who made a new way for us to live. And in doing so, we're participating in the kingdom. We're obeying the commandments of our king, who commanded us to remember that he made a way for us to be with him, that nothing can separate us from him. And as we remember this, and as we seek him, we experience more and more of his presence. Uh, in a future week, we're going to explore this prayer that he commanded us to pray. But let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For it's your kingdom, power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, God wants to talk to you. He has good things ahead of you. The best days are to come. What's God saying to you? We would love to hear from you. God bless you.